0: Have you ever lost your temper, gone into a rage, and through that discovered something about yourself that might bring you peace? Michael Thompson's autobiography, Untying Knots, is full of episodes of existential unfolding, some disturbing, some lighthearted, all impactfully rendered with quiet, dry wit and honesty, This is the Shintaido of America podcast. I'm Shintaido instructor David Franklin, and this episode, which is, by the way, Season 2, Episode 9, is in the style of an audiobook. I'm going to be reading you Chapters 11 and 12 of Untying Knots. Untying Knots is Michael Thompson's story of his lifelong encounter with the practice of Shintaido. Michael is one of only four master instructors of Shintaido, which, in case you haven't heard this word, is an amazing body movement practice invented in Japan in the 1960s by a group of artists, actors, and martial artists. A dynamic, playful, and creative holistic health exercise, Shintaido can be a way to open up to a deeper connection within ourselves, with our communities, and with the natural world. By the way, if you're just joining us, you can hear previous chapters of Michael's book, in fact, all the previous episodes of this podcast, featuring interviews and other audiobooks, at our website, shintaito.org. I'll tell you more about that later, but right now, let's jump into Untying Knots. Here we go. Untying Knots, a Shintaido Chronicle by Michael Thompson, Chapter 11, which was originally titled Section 2, Chapter 4 in the printed book, The Resurrection of French Shintaido Around this time, and this is David jumping in here, it's San Francisco in the 1970s. Around this time, we began to receive visitors from France, the orphans of Marc Bassis's defunct Shintaido group. One of the first to appear was my old friend, Bernard Lepineau. He was later followed by Robert Payan. Alain Chevet, Philippe Beauvoir, and Robert's wife, Martine Brayon. In some way, I think they saved Ito's life because they were not intellectuals and had no problem entrusting their lot to the sensei. They were so starved for Shintaido information that, at times, it seemed they would devour Ito. There is no doubt that, in many ways, they put the rest of us to shame despite their lack of education or sophistication. Not surprisingly, their presence raised the level of practice exponentially. They were used to learning through the movements themselves without resorting to the world of ideas. For my part, despite my continuing funk, I was happy to re-establish old ties and re-immerse myself in French culture. Reinvigorated, Ito gave lectures in English which I translated into French. They sat, writing every word into their notebooks, again in contrast with most of the Americans who, as a rule, had had enough of lectures in school. Robert, in particular, was devoted to Ito, especially after his disheartening experiences with Marc. He and Martine had decided to devote their lives to Shintaido to the extent of leaving their one-year-old child with her family in order to come and study with Ito for six months. In defense of the locals, I should add that they were, for the most part, people who had outside lives and previous education, and so they were less likely to approach the practice as clean slates. In fact, in one of his famous Three Circles lectures, so named because it seemed he opened all his lectures by drawing a diagram of three separate but interlocked circles. In one of these lectures, Ito talked about the necessity of finding a balance between family, work, and Shintaido. Our French visitors, along with some of our original American members, were focused almost exclusively on the latter. The following year, I co-taught a workshop in Nice with Robert and Bernard, it felt very much like a homecoming, although we all felt Mark's invisible presence. This was the first official Shintaido event in France after he had separated from Aoki and the Japanese Federation two years earlier. It was successful, although there were a few mix-ups that might have horrified our sensei and senpai, or senior students. In one misadventure, We got lost on our way to the evening meditation site, in part because no one thought to bring flashlights. I was a little abashed because I was representing Ito, but at that point, I was more French than Japanese, and we had a good laugh about it afterwards. After I returned to San Francisco, another French contingent from Lyon joined us, and soon thereafter, Robert and Martine returned, this time with their son, Jeremy. The fates of the four of us, me, Bernard, Robert, and martin would continue to be linked for the next three years. You've just been listening to Chapter 11 of Michael Thompson's Untying Knots, and this is the Shintaito of America podcast. I'm Shintaito instructor David Franklin. We're about to hear Chapter 12, But before we get to that, I have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying today's podcast, the most important thing you can do to help out is to tell people about us. I want to give a big shout out. We're kind of big on vocalizing in the Shintaito world. Okay, not that kind of shout. I want to give a big shout out, that is a big thank you, To those of you who have already shared the podcast on social media, and also to those of you who gave us a good rating on whichever podcasting app you're using. If you haven't done that yet, it really doesn't take long, it would be great if you could just hit the pause button and do that right now. Just share the podcast on social media and give us a good rating on your app, and then hit play again. I'll wait. Okay, thanks. On with the show. Untying Knots, Chapter 12, which was originally titled Section 4, Chapter 5 in the printed book. Ito. Haruyoshi Fugaku Ito, the driving force behind what is now Shintaito of America, represents the epitome of what we imagine a Japanese samurai to be, admittedly based on viewing a lot of Akira Kurosawa's films. This is especially true now that he has taken up the practice of the Japanese naked blade technique. He has never stopped working on and perfecting his Shintaido techniques, and as of this writing, is the only person to have attained the highest ranking in Shintaido, that of master instructor. And this is David breaking in with an editor's note. As of 2023... There are four master Shintaito instructors, Michael Thompson, the author of the book you're listening to, being one of them. I have met and practiced with all the original Japanese Shintaito instructors, and he is the only one, with the possible exception of a certain Kato, who evoked such strong resonances of the Japanese warrior class. While Aoki is undoubtedly a martial arts master, I think of him more as a shaman than a warrior. When Ito came to the U.S., he was, so to speak, a rough-cut jewel. In fact, Augie once let slip that when his original students came to him, they were just a cut above street thugs, whom he had to educate almost from scratch, not only in the martial arts, but also in literature, art history, philosophy, table manners, etc. Ito was born in Hiroshima during the war, and his family suffered the effects of the dropping of the atomic bomb. They were reduced for a time to living off the scraps of the occupying forces. This meant that, in addition to the inevitable cultural conflicts, there were what might be called differences of class to contend with. The first few years he taught us, despite his best efforts, he couldn't always control his anger at our laziness. By laziness, I do not mean the unwillingness to work hard, but rather the lack of a sense of urgency which was translated in practice by our slow reaction time when responding to his directions. For him, the consummate martial artist, practice was a time when you bet your life, giving everything you had, and willing to accept death at any moment. If an exercise involved an attack on him, You were to do so unhesitatingly, even if it meant killing him. As you might imagine, this proved a difficult concept for a laid-back group of post-60s individuals. We were not lacking in a certain kind of passion, but I don't think any of us were comfortable with the notion that violence could be a means to achieving peaceful or spiritual ends an idea that was at the heart of Shintaido's philosophy, which holds that you have to go through violence or aggression in order to attain real peace. We also didn't know how to treat a sensei and were too civilized to be afraid of his killer power. In brief, we almost totally underestimated him, And it wasn't until the arrival of Robert and the other French that he was really able to begin to transmit the information he had received from his teachers, Egami and Aoki. But, while he might have been frustrated in the dojo, he was enjoying his newly found freedom, in the Western sense, from the straitjacketed jacketed moors of Japanese society. In particular, he no longer had to subordinate his life to Aoki-sensei's, which sometimes involved going without sleep for long periods in order to organize a workshop or other special event. He also published the karate book that Aoki had researched and was basically the latter's right-hand man. Those of us associated with him in those days enjoyed watching him trying out new lifestyles, occasionally running into blind alleys, but usually making new discoveries. While dedicating yourself to learning 100% of what your teacher knows may be a sure way to achieve satori, or enlightenment, the first few steps on your own afterwards are necessarily tentative. Ito was following the time-honored Japanese tradition of Hari or study, master, and separate. In fact, one of the criticisms leveled at him during this time, that his body movement was great, but his philosophical or spiritual sagacity was less so, is probably attributable to the fact that he was not yet completely weaned from Aoki. On the other hand, his lectures provided us with indispensable background on the history of the martial arts, the story of Shintaito's beginnings, and Aoki-sensei's thinking in the earlier days. This was not a format he was entirely comfortable with, but through his persistence, he managed to communicate valuable information to a sometimes resistant audience. I can remember being enraged with Ito when he was unable to contain himself and dressed me down in front of the students I was trying to lead in some exercise. On one level, I understood that that was his way and that I shouldn't let it get to me. But at a deeper level, I would let the anger fester and degenerate into a resentment, which in turn led to inevitable problems down the road. On the other hand, he was always frustrated with me because, being polite, I refused to give direct expression to my anger during the practice and instead resorted to verbal cuts. One anecdote will help to illustrate our relationship in those days. We were being visited by Robert's older brother, Claude Brian, who was a devotee of karate and, to a much lesser extent, Shintaido. I should point out that one of the differences between the two forms is that you learn to rely less on physical strength in the latter and to find and express power through soft, natural movement. Claude, who himself had been a street thug during his youth, and had not progressed much beyond that status as he approached middle age, thought that this was a nice idea, but of limited practical value. This led to some interesting cultural exchanges in San Francisco. One thing he did know how to do was attack, which he took great delight in demonstrating to his new American friends. Ito must have seen a golden opportunity to get us to abandon our decency and to descend to a more primitive level. In one of his lectures, Aoki remarked that Americans seemed to have relatively fully developed front brains, while the nether regions were ostensibly less so. When it came my turn, Ito had Claude attack me with a tsuki, a punch or thrust of the fist, different from the usual karate punch, in that the movement is intended to pass through one's partner, rather than stopping at the point of impact, and I was to receive using gaidan barai, or lower block. His first ski really nailed me and woke me from my reverie. I managed to slow down the second, but I realized that rather than throwing a straight punch, as prescribed in this particular partner exercise, He was adding a little hook, which was not only unsporting, but out-and-out devious. I began to get angry and to whack his thick, muscular arm with more vigor, and finally, abandoning all pretenses of trying to execute the movement properly, tried to break his arm. The formal partner exercise soon degenerated into a street fight, and I noticed out of the corner of my eye that Ito, was laughing uproariously. I could finally see your true face, he later commented. That is what the practice is for. I wish I could say this changed my attitude and lifted me out of my depression, but I was so attached to the image of what I thought I was and should be that I dismissed it as an aberrant episode and continued brooding on the meaning of Shintaido and its relation to my miserable existence. I couldn't even bring myself to admit that Ito only wanted what was in my best interest, and that my resistance was hurting both of us. As Aoki later told me, it was as if I were sitting in dirty bathwater and for some reason was reluctant to pull the plug to let the water flow down the drain. It is difficult for me to provide an objective portrait of Fugaku Ito during the period of our association in San Francisco, since so much of our interaction was taking place at a subconscious, tacit level. The positive side to it would show up in some partner exercises, especially kumitachi, which is using the wooden sword, and kumibo, using the long wooden staff. I think that the love and respect we felt for each other during these brief interludes allowed us to avoid suing for divorce during the stormy times over our 20-year association. This is the Shintaito of America podcast. You've just been hearing chapter 12 of Michael Thompson's book, Untying Knots, and I'm Shintaito instructor David Franklin. We're nearly done, But be sure to listen through to the end of the credits for The Cherry. Before The Cherry, I'm going to pass the hat around among you who are hearing the sound of my voice and do a bit of busking here on the information superhighway. Shintaido of America is a totally member-supported, non-profit organization, and there are many ways to support our truly micro-budget production of educational materials And I really mean that. We produce a huge amount of content on volunteer power, but some things just require a few bucks in the bank. One way is to make a one-time donation in any amount or to become a member of Shintaido of America for $60 per year if you're hearing this in 2023. It would mean a great deal to our hardworking team. You can do that. Sign up for our free email newsletter and also find all kinds of free educational resources at our website, where you can also find all the previous episodes of this podcast, which is www.shintaido.org. That's www.shintaido.org. That's whiskey, whiskey, whiskey. Dot Hotel, India, November. Tango Alpha India Delta Oscar dot Oscar Romeo Golf, Got it? You can also find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube by searching for Shintaito of America, and our email address is podcast at org. Our episode today was recorded and edited by me, David Franklin, with support from Sarah Baker, Connie Borden, Tereza Soldatova, Jim Sterling, the Joe Zawilski Memorial Fund, and, of course, the members of Shintaido of America. Thank you. Okay, here's the cherry. The counselor explained to me that young people with Asperger syndrome benefit from an intensive combination of artistic and physical movement therapies. She couldn't really imagine a more appropriate life for me than a fine art education combined with the Shintaido I was practicing at college— She felt that I had done very well in somehow finding my own way to cope with my autistic problems. That was a quote from an article by artist and Shintaido instructor Charles Burns from Body Dialogue, the Shintaito Journal, issue 13, 2003. And guess what? You can find back issues of Body Dialogue Journal, as well as previous episodes of this podcast, all for free at our website, org. Thanks for listening to the Taito of America podcast. Contents of this podcast copyright Shintaito of America 2023, with the exception of Flower Dance, Traditional Music of Japan, a short excerpt of which was included for educational purposes. Shintaito, opening to life.